three, two, one, go. Hey, it's Bibster Talks to Podcast, the podcast that I said I was going to do weekly shows, and then I stopped doing them like last May because things got busy. But we're back, and we're super excited because we have Nick Stoop with us tonight. Um, if you haven't heard of his story, you're going to hear it obviously tonight's podcast, but if you've been in dirt track racing in the last two weeks, you've definitely heard his story and seen his car. So, Nick, um, why don't you introduce yourself and kind of tell us a little bit about how you got into racing. Okay, uh, my name is Nick Stoop. Uh, 60 years old, from a small town, North Mississippi, Boonville, and uh, I'm not from a racing family. Uh, I can remember once or twice going to a local racetrack up here with my father, but uh, I met a friend of mine, Ben Miller, at a factory I worked at, and uh, he asked me to start helping him work on his race car. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's basically the way I got started as far as going to the racetrack and stuff like that. And what kind of uh, what, what what class was that car that when you got started off on? Uh, same thing, factory stock. Okay. And so that's same what, thing, factory stock. That's all I've ever run. Now, when did you? So when did you make the transition from being in the in the in the crew to being behind the wheel? Uh, like I said, me and Ben was working on the car. He was driving. Went out there one time. I'd been watching the races. And said, "Man, I want a hot lap one night. You know, mm-hmm. try it." Okay. Yep. So, uh, at that time, too, down there at the uh, little track we was running at at Baldwin, uh, there'd be 60 just uh, factory stock cars. They would run three features every, and pay everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I told Ben, I said, one night when uh, all them crazy people, it'll just run over you for nothing. It's not, you know, <laughs> in your group. I said, I'd like to try it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the next weekend, we went to the racetrack. Ben went and draw the number. He come walking down there. He said, uh, tonight's your night. That's what we're talking about. He said, all those crazy folks is racing in a different group, so you're going to get to drive. So I got out there. I hot-lapped, and uh, we was walking down there to the car. And I told Ben, I done chickened out. I said, mm-hmm. Ben, get in there and drive. I said, I, I, I don't want to. He said, Nick, he said, if you don't get in there and drive, he said, that old car will sit there all night. We'll set up there and watch the races. He said, we'll load her up and go home. Mm-hmm. And when he said that, he knew that I was going to get in there. <laughs> but I remember uh, Ben, the type of person he was, the last thing he told me, he said, Nick, have fun. He said, tear this car up. Don't hurt yourself. He said, I'll try to have us one down there Monday or Tuesday. We'll try to work on it and come back. Mm-hmm. But that's, like I said, that's the way that I got started in racing. I uh, don't reckon, you know, there's no one in my family that's ever, you know, dirt raced mm-hmm. or anything like that. Now, for those, um, I mean, a lot of the, the dirt track fans, when you say factory stock, we can all kind of equate it to a class that may be from where we're at. But for those not, what is, so factory stock, is that, I mean, I mean, it sounds it kind of what it sounds like, pretty much a, a really, like a pretty factory still car? Uh, yeah, the uh, car like where I run at, they check us uh, as far as to be legal, <laughs> we have to pull uh, 16 inches of vacuum at mm-hmm. 900 RPMs, okay. which uh, Limit your cam size. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can only run like a, a factory type shock. No weight jacks. Uh, we can run a nine inch Ford rear end. Uh, no Burt, no Brim transmissions. Has to be an old three speed or mm-hmm. something like that. Four speed. I have always run a two speed power glide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, you know, kick the windows out of an old car and you weld, build you a good safe cage and go racing. Nice. So let's talk a little bit about your race car then. So 
Um, from all the little bit of research I've done, it says that you've been racing that particular 82 Cutlass for just a couple of years. Uh, talk about that ride a little bit. Uh, I've actually been racing that car for 14 years. Nice. It was uh, new in 2008, and uh, first place I ran that car was uh, North Alabama. Uh, me and a friend of mine, I remember, we worked on that car about eight months, welding and stuff like that, and... Uh, mm -hmm. I can remember, though. The reason I remember it so good is I set it on the ground the day before Christmas. Mm -hmm. and I stopped back, sat back, and I said, well, I know what Santa Claus is bringing me this year. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, old car over there, uh, North Alabama, it done good that year, which I don't know. for That year, for some reason, every time I draw the number, I started top three, top five. That helps out, but uh, mm -hmm. I won two races over there that year. I was down here at the shop working on something, fiddling around, and a friend of mine, <coughs> Onion, called me. He said, Nick, he said, you ever look at the uh, internet? I said, no. He said, well, you need to. He said, you and that car of yours over there is a track champion. But now, over there, when I was racing, never looked at points or nothing like that. I went to have fun and, mm -hmm. you know, never thought about points, championships and stuff. I was just having fun. Oh, yeah. And I think that's what's so... Uh so great about your story and just what I think dirt track racing needs. You know, you see a lot of guys out there that they get, you know, you, you when you see guys fighting and guys, you know, driving rough because they're not having a good night. And it's like, you know, you, when you, when you step back, you know, we are just out there racing old, old cars on, 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 a, on an old dirt track. Um, so it seems like you've got to figure it out how to have a good time and, you know, have fun with it, but not, you know, not get so caught up in the, in, in what's going on. Yeah, you know, racing, I love it, but, you know, it's just another part of my life and other people's life that they like. Mm -hmm. Still have to work for a living, stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> I've got three uh, kids, you know, still got to do family stuff. Mm -hmm. but, you know, racing's a big part of it, too, in my life. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, and that's what I think, you uh... know. I think that's just so great. So you're a part of Team Extreme Racing, and that's kind of how everyone seemed to kind of come across your story after after Bristol. Like I said, we'll get into that in a little bit. Talk about how you came a part of that team and what that you know, what, what Extreme Racing is and what they kind of stand for and how that works. A uh, good friend of ours that passed away, Ed Stearns, <coughs> he used to race a lot, and <coughs> uh, we kind of decided to call us the Extreme Racing team after him and the X. Is just to remind us that, you know, him and uh, another friend of ours, Kenny Wheeler, that always went to the races, is gone, and, you know, just a way to recognize them. Mm -hmm. I know uh, his race shop, he always called Race Central. Okay. Like I said, uh, Ed, best friend, miss him every day. Uh, been many a Saturday that I had to work, my car was not ready. He's mm -hmm. got a key to my shop. He'd come down here and work all day long. Mm -hmm. I get off work, it's ready to go, Nick. I said, well, let's go. He said, I'm tired. I'm going to the house. <laughs> come, come by in the morning and tell me how you're doing. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's one thing that hurts me is Kenny and Ed is not here to enjoy this. Yeah. yeah cause I mean, Ed been bouncing off the wall. He would. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been a – I'm sure it's been a, a wild couple weeks um, for you, you know, all of a sudden kind of – you know, I was talking to one of my one of my buddies that races up here, and I said, "Oh, hey, you know, I'm talking to, I get to talk to Nick on Monday." And he's and he told me he asked me. His name's Derek Wilson. He'll probably be listening. He goes, "Ask him." He goes, 
you know you're you're internet famous now and i said i, th- I think he does <laughs> um let's talk about let's let's kind of get into bristol a little bit so what made you decide to go and, and talk about that experience and what that was like like i said there's a lot of a lot of my friends that you know that helped me out to get there but uh a friend of mine john warnick i went to school with him pretty much all my life uh his son's got a 602 Lake model. Okay. Which I've heard, you know, they're putting dirt on Bristol for NASCAR. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd like to watch that race for sure. But uh, mm-hmm. anyhow, uh, <laughs> he called me. He said, Nick, he said, they're inviting people to come. He said, uh, I'm putting Jonathan's name in. He said, Jonathan wants to go. I said, okay. He said, what about you? I said, <laughs> uh, is there a class, you know, my car would run with? Mm-hmm. He looked. He said, yeah. I said, well, put my name in. I'll be true with you. I got thinking about money and stuff like that. And I had about decided I was not going to go. Mm-hmm. He called me that day. First words out of his mouth, we're going to down Bristol. <laughs> That's the way this got started. And then uh, he finally uh, printed the rules off of the class. And uh, when I read the rules, I told John, I said, ain't no way we can run with these boys, you know? Mm-hmm. I seen the rules. I said, we can't run with them. But I told him, I said, uh, you know, it's Bristol. I said, I bet you we can go up there. Hopefully have fun. said, I believe I can stay out of everybody's way. Hopefully not get run over and make somebody mad. <laughs> you know, that was, well, my goal was go up there. If I got the hot lap and they said, Nick, that old car ain't good enough to run here no more. I'd loaded it up, watched the races, and I'd still come back happy because, you know. Oh, yeah. Just a handful of people can say they've run Bristol. Oh yeah, I mean, I more than that can say they run Bristol and it had dirt on it. Uh huh. Yeah, it's it's a it's a small group of uh, of individuals that you know got an opportunity and to take that. You know, I knew in our area and being from the Iowa, you know, we're deep in IMCA land here, so there was a yeah. lot of guys from around here. I mean, a lot of the guys were winning races. I've either you know talked with them or seen them at racetracks, and so it was cool. But so it was, a lot of, it was cool to see a lot of I races there, but it was, you know, a lot, I knew a lot of guys that were saying, you know what, I don't, you know, there's a lot of naysayers, and you saw that, oh, man, you're going to blow your whole race, you know, your racing budget for the whole year on one race. And I said, yeah, but you only have one chance to go race at Bristol, you know. Like, so what if, you know. Some, some people ask me, you know, is that have been a dream of yours to run Bristol? I never thought in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, run Bristol. T- no, didn't dream about that because no, there weren't going to be no NASCAR driver, and that's about it. You know. Yeah. 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 I think it was. Uh, I, I mean, in in actually, I haven't actually checked to see how the NASCAR race. I saw how the truck race went, but I was at work all day, so I figured I'd catch up on that when it was done. But you know, and people were saying, "Oh, it's going to be you know this and that." I said, "You know what? They're they're trying something different." You know. Yeah. I mean, it was. Where else are they? Like, what other? What other completely? Paved track, and they're like, you know what? We're just gonna throw a bunch of dirt on it and just see what happens. And it, it you know, it looked like a good time. So talk a little bit. Um, how was Bristol? You know, so you had your opportunity to go out there and um, talk a little bit about the week and how kind of how it all played out. Uh, it was great. I mean, when I got out there in hot lap, biggest smile on my face. But when we pulled up, I ain't never been to a place that big. Mm-hmm. You know? They say that place I think seats like one hundred and sixty thousand people. Mm-hmm. I'm used to racing at a little dirt track around here, and if Super Late Models is there, that's a big crowd, you know. Yeah. We're just in awe, but uh, as far as getting out there on the track, you know, I tried to drive like, you know, 
even though it's Bristol, hey, it's a dirt track, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I said, uh, the, we, it rained some while we was there. Uh, we met some great people from all over the United States mm-hmm. and uh, made friends, I believe. Uh, you know, had fun. Uh, like I said, it rained us out one day, which uh, we didn't get to uh, one of our uh, <coughs> qualifying days was washed out, yeah. but we made up our uh, last chance race on a Saturday, which uh, I think you had to finish fourth in it. I finished 16th. Right. It's what gets me, I tell people. The, the ugliest, slowest car out there. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and everybody's talking about it. It just you know blows my mind. Well, I think it was the, I, I told, you know, a couple of times when I was posting stuff, I said, this is the story the dirt world needed, you know, after that weekend. And there was, you know, we, you know, like the joke of, you know, glove gate and, you know, it's like, no one's talking about two weeks after Bristol dirt, um, for, you know, the, the stock cars, other than, you know, NASCAR, no one's talking about any of the other storylines that were going on because I think that's what everyone wanted. You know, we, after the not fun of last year for however it was, I mean, we got the race around here, but you know, a lot of tracks didn't get the race. The story of the guy that goes and just out there to have a good time and realizing, you know, it what that's what that race was all about was people, you know, getting to experience something that they never get to do, and so yep. we get to do that. That's awesome. Yep. Like I said, uh, you know, tickle me to death. Mm-hmm. If I could have stood up there, you know, with a winning the race, I don't believe I'd have been very much more happy. <laughs> oh yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think you ended up being one of the biggest winners out of that out of that whole week. Um, so let's talk. So now, you know, the rest of the year, you know, that was your first. Now, up, up north, we don't start racing for a couple months. Now, down there, you guys, have you guys been racing all winter long, or is it your season about to start? Uh, no, sir. Our season is about to start. Uh, the uh, local tracks was going to try to open up Saturday night. Mm-hmm. It pretty much rained everything out. There is uh, one track over here at Moton, Alabama. They run on a Friday night. I think they have run about three, maybe four races. Mm-hmm. But uh, like I said, all the others, I reckon, hopefully, if the weather holds out, we're going to go somewhere Saturday night. Nice. I got my gears changed back. Had changed my gears to go to Bristol, so mm-hmm. I got them changed back. I reckon we're pretty much ready to go. Nice. It's going to be a little pipe. It might be a little bit different in the pits for you when you go back to uh, your first local race now that, you know, everyone's just... like You know, a lot yeah. of times I'd go to racetrack by myself few friends come over and talk some of the other drivers i race around stuff like that uh i don't know what to expect yeah i I'll think it's i do not know what to expect mm-hmm. said everyone that i've talked to um i believe you would have been pitted by would have been a jeff larson a b1 like a, a modified because they said that uh, they said someone said that they were pitted near you and they said it was just nicest guy and he told me to make sure to pass that along to him um, and I believe because the guy that he was at least friends with looked like it might have been a uh, Bone Larson, mm-hmm. who you might have been pitted, yep. pitted near. But you know, it's another guy. It's from my like you know, he's a couple hours away from me. I see him every weekend. Yep. So yep. just I remember him pitting beside us. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I met some great people from all over. You know, all over. And that's one thing that I really enjoyed about it was the uh, camaraderie and stuff like that. You get there, you know, you don't know nobody. End of the week, you go into other people's trailer and just like it's home, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's awesome, and that's what I'm I'm hoping. I don't think, you know, people said, like, oh, I'll be back next year. I'm like, I don't know if they're going to do it next year just because, you know, it's kind of overtaking to put dirt on the track. But I think doing that on Bristol opens up some of these other short tracks, you know, maybe like a Martinsville, maybe some of these other smaller tracks that can, 
be feasible to pull something like this off, you know, and show that it's it's doable. You know, they had a thousand yeah. dirt cars, and even though they were like, oh, these oh, this this many cars blew their motors up, I said, yeah, but if you took that many cars race on a Friday and Saturday night, you're probably going to have close as many blow ups anyway. You know, yeah. it's like any dirt race. People gonna blow motors. You are gonna have wrecks. Cars gonna roll over. Mm-hmm. You get a thousand of them together, you are gonna have more of it because you got more cars out there. Yep, yep. That's and you're, just part of it. Yep, and put them on a, a track bigger than a lot of guys have run and speeds that yep. you know are were absolutely nuts to watch. Some of those times that are coming in, going, "Oh my gosh, we got four cylinders going 94, 95 mile an hour." Like, ooh, doggy. Most of the, our, our tracks around here, we run like you know quarter miles and big quarter miles. So. Some of the guys that went down there had to definitely do some regearing. Um, what are your, you know, you're still running, so you're in factory stock. Have you thought about doing any other travelings for any other racing this year now, or just still kind of sticking around to the local stuff? Well, I'm going to stick around here locally some, but uh, tracks is calling from Texas, Ohio, <laughs> everywhere, and that, that just blows my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and uh, we probably will. That's like me. I've always liked to go to other places and race. Uh, there again, you know, I work every day, so, you know, mm-hmm. it's got to be Friday afternoon and hit the road and be back Monday morning for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I know some tracks around here that I could probably talk to and be like, hey, we got to, we, we run hobby stocks. I think what your class, it sounds like, is a pretty similar to like our like IMCA hobby stocks, yep. I would assume, because we'd run the the only, I mean, I don't know, do you have to run a DOT tire still or do you, can you run like a, like a G60 or something? Uh, not around here, most of the tracks want you to run a. Uh, <laughs> Who's your G, uh, 500? Okay, okay. That's like I had. I bought six cars, one of my biggest cars to go to Bristol because they wanted you to run uh, G60s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> the local track that I run at the most up here at Corinth, they'll let you run the G60s. Okay. And if you go to Columbus or uh, North Alabama, which we travel down there somewhere, it's fairly close, uh, they want you to run the Who's your 500s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all. Like I said, G6, up in this part of the world, G60s are pretty much like every class except for late models and then hobby stocks. Because our, our hobbies have to run a, a DOT style tire, which makes it, I, I always tell people, you know, everyone always, it always seems like, oh, I want to see late models and I want to see sprint cars. I said, I, honestly, sometimes the best racing I've seen is in our four cylinders and our hobby stocks around here because, you know, watching a guy with a seven inch wide tire try and go on a, a, a you know, a dry slick track is going to be yep. entertaining, you know? Yep. Yeah, it's gonna be entertaining. And them little uh, when they started the front wheel drive class down here at our local tracks, I thought, you know, I said they're wasting their money. They ain't gonna be a whole lot of them show up. Mm-hmm. But one thing I didn't think about, kids today, mm-hmm. they're not used to no rear wheel drive car, and them, you know, front wheel drives, it's big classes around here now. Oh yeah, it's kept on growing and growing, and then, like I said, there's a lot of younger people that uh never drove no rear wheel drive vehicle. Mm-hmm. And it's a, I mean, it's our biggest class, probably up in our area. It's usually our biggest car count for the night. Yeah, and probably, uh, you know, really maybe one of the cheapest classes to get into too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they always, you know, promoters love them because they uh, they they pay the they they pay the least and almost always bring the most people into the pits. Yep. It's it, yep. you know because those young guys that are racing, it's everybody they have at that stage in life is like I want to come be in your pit crew, and then you get as you get older, less and less guys are like I want to be in your pit crew. <laughs> so yeah. you know they go in, there be four or five guys for a four cylinder, and then you look over at a late model, and there's two guys like trying to get the thing set up for the you know for the feature, and you're like, hmm, the math doesn't work here. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, 
So would you, you're always, I mean, have you ever now with, with all of this, have you thought about, you know, changing, you'll maybe go into a different class or is factory stock your home and that's where you want to be? Hey, I believe I've always said this. Mm-hmm. I can have just as much fun in factory stock mm-hmm. as I can in another class. And the way I put it, when I hit the wall in factory stock, it don't cost nowhere like the money mm-hmm. to fix a late model or something like that. Oh, yeah. Um, what other, you know, just as the northerner in the in the room, what other classes do you guys run? I mean, obviously, it sounds like you run late models and four-cylinders. Do you guys have, like, a, um, a modified style or, like, a sport mod? What, what, what are the other classes that was? Right above my class, they run what they call an outlaw. Mm-hmm. It's a lot motor. <laughs> you can run the uh, aluminum rims and tires like late models. Uh, I think you can have wedge bolts on it. And uh, then they jump up to uh, uh, 602 and 604 late models. Okay. Uh, up here at my local track, they also run a class that's just pure factory. You can't put no headers or stuff like that on it. It's mm-hmm. uh, right below me. They also run a... a Two, a four, and six-cylinder front-wheel drive class. Ooh. And I think they said this year they was run, going to add a four-cylinder rear rear-wheel drive class. Ooh, that'd be kind of fun. I've seen I've seen some like uh, the like the four-cylinder late models that you know that that some people have like you know tried to kind of campaign, and we run a mini late model class around here. So that might be that'd be kind of fun. Four-cylinder rear-wheel drives. Uh, used to when I first started racing. They run four-cylinder rear-wheel drives. Mm-hmm. And one track up here uh, where I usually raced at, they wouldn't let them run. But one track up here would let Volkswagens run. Oh, okay. that would and make. they're little things on the key. Mm-hmm. Those little Volkswagens, they was waxing some booty. Mm-hmm. Oh, I bet that's so. <laughs> the most, that's the reason most of the tracks in that class wouldn't let them run. Mm-hmm. There's one or two of them there. That's first and second. Y'all boys best fall in behind them. <laughs> oh yeah, it's always it's, that's always how racing works. You got to find that you find that gray area in the rule book, and then the next year the they they also find the gray area and make that yep. <laughs> to find. It's always the 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 creative reading of the rule books. Where my day job is, we work for I work on building lawn tractor pullers, and so it's always we're always looking for different little like oh they haven't said that yet, <laughs> they haven't said you can't do that. Let's see if we can get away with it. Yep. And then once you can't get away with it anymore, and you know that's the way we're in we're in, up, up in our part of the world. We're in, we're in a big issue, not issue, but it's it's all about crate motor racing. And on, on our modifieds, it's if you don't the, the the tire they have to run really limits their power output. Like if you you can try open motor racing, but you, when you lose your spoiler and you're on a hockey puck of a tire, you can't yep. put that much power down. And you know it's this big debate of I mean, especially after Bristol, like there's no crates out there. I got a buddy who's trying to go crate motor racing and he, he can't find one, which but for you, it's you don't have to worry about that. You're never in the fear of like, oh man, I gotta go try and find a 604 somewhere, you know. Yep. What um, what's what? Talk a little about. I mean, I'm as a gearhead. Talk a little about about your engine, what you can run, what you have, and I know it's mostly stock, but is it a small block Chevy or is it old old uh, motor? Or? Small block Chevy. Mm-hmm. I think we can go to 362 cubic inches. We can run a uh, Vortec heads. Mm-hmm. Run any dual plane intake uh have to well now according to which track you run at a car in they will let you run a four barrel mm-hmm. everywhere else you got to run a 500 two barrel yep uh, 450 lift cam like i say we got to pull up uh, uh 16 inches of vacuum 900 rpm uh, no sump pumps or anything like that mm-hmm. uh, 
according to what track you at, some of them will let you run roller rock arms, some of them won't. And that's not something you're that's not something you're like, oh, I'm going there this weekend. Let's put let's change the rockers out. You're pretty much set for whatever nah, track you're gonna run. <laughs> uh, last year or year before last, first time that I've ever went to a engine builder, usually me and Ed, my friend, put all my motors together in the shop. Mm-hmm. Like I said, Ed passed away five years ago, and uh, I went to an engine builder to get an engine built, mm-hmm. and he was telling me, he said, now I can put a solid lift cam or I can put a hydraulic. He said, I want to tell you something, Nick. He said, I put a solid lift cam. He said, go buy some nuts and bolts. You're going to have to, you know, keep everything adjusted. I told him, I said, uh, and I think he said it'll add about six horsepower. Ooh. I said, you put that hydraulic count in there because <laughs> I don't like to work on it. Yeah, exactly. For six horsepower, if it's yep. in, in our world, I, so I work on like Kohler engines that you know, you're know you trying to make 120 horsepower out of. So for us, six horsepower is a big deal. But yeah. <laughs> for when it's the big scheme of things, you're like, that's a lot of screwing around for six horsepower when I probably, I'm not going to be able to hook up to it anyway. You know, I'm not going to feel that. Make- and if you don't, you know, keep everything adjusted right, you've lost your six horsepower and probably. <laughs> yeah, you lost. It's not. It's, it's, it's a. It's, you can only get six horsepower out of it, but you can lose a whole lot more when those things start rattling themselves loose, or really bad things happening when solid, uh, solid, you know, the, the solid rollers decide to eat 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 the engine. But um, Nick, um, it's just been great, you know, get to ca- kind of catch up and kind of tell a little bit of your story. So what, um, you got, you know. If you're a racer out there, you know, maybe you've had kind of a bummer of a year for 2020. What would you say to that guy that's thinking, I don't know if I want to get back into it? You know, it's, it's, t- you know, it's tough out there. It's, it costs a lot of money and I'm just, I'm just not sure. What would you, what would you kind of say to that guy that's listening? Might be like, I think I'm going to hang it up. Ah, don't never hang it up. <laughs> it's like me. I've always spent the money I had on my race car and that's what I got. We're going to go racing. Mm-hmm. I might not run up front, but I'm going to have fun. Hopefully. We'll load her up with all four wheels on it. Mm-hmm. Have a little more money next week. But uh, the people you meet and stuff like that, and you know, it, you know, it's well worth it. Well worth it. I tell people sometimes, and uh, love to race, but I also like sitting up there in the stands watching races. Especially mm-hmm. you know if you go to track and if you kind of know the storyline. Mm-hmm. They kind of got together last week, and look, they're running side to side. Mm-hmm. If you've got a car. You don't get to watch as many races. No. You know, because you're going to be piddling, filling it up with gas, iron tires up, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, I tell people, you know, go, you know, spend what little money you can, have fun. Uh, you know, I, I look at it this way, any sport, if just the winner shows up, you ain't going to have very much of a game or a race or anything. It mm-hmm. takes from the first car to the last to put on a good show. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge point is that, at the end of the day, anything involved in dirt track racing is, it's an entertainment. You know, we're an entertainment business. People are spending their, you know, they work, people that are coming to the races, they work all week, and this might be their one fun night of the week. You know, they might get to go and watch some racing, and they that's what they like to do. They bring their kids with them. Maybe their dad used to take them to the racetrack and putting on a good show, and that's what I think is great about that attitude of just, I'm going to have fun with it and not worry as much about, how it works out because it matters is that fan sitting in the stands and they're going to look out and they might be, you know, I don't know. They I might be their favorite driver and they're rooting for me and I might not ever get to meet them. You know, I went, I mean, you know, before any of this happened, mm-hmm. I went to other towns around North Mississippi now and people say something, drive it 74. 
I said, yes, sir. He said, I've seen you race at Columbus or something like that. And that, that really blowed my mind, you know, back then that, you know, somebody 40, 60 miles away from Boone would, you know, recognize me and say, mm-hmm. you drive, you know, don't really know it. You drive it 74 car. Mm-hmm. What what has happened now is just unreal. Yeah, it's going to be. I ask myself, I say, why me? <laughs> because there's thousands of people out there that race every day, work every day, barely make it to the racetrack. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, uh, I think Nick, I think yeah. you symbolize that. I think you symbolize that guy that every racetrack has to a lot of people, and you know they see the work that you've done over the years and people that know you close and that are, you know, that have been around, that have been following you for years, you know, they've been waiting for this opportunity and you just, you show that all every racetrack has somebody that's just, you know, they worked all week to get there and they're just excited to be there. And I always tell people, and you know, I don't know how it works on your track, but get a pit pass and one night, no, not every night. Cause it's a little more, it's more expensive than getting a gate. But go down in the pits and meet some of the drivers, and you know, obviously when they're when they're thrashing on the car, not the time to go up and say, "Hey, what's my name's Kyle." Um, but you know, get to know them because you know the stories they have and the what they do to get their car out there and put on a good show is is just awesome. And I think you know, there's such a sacrifice there, and I think that's why when your story came out, everybody saw that and said, "You know what? That reminds me." I said, "I got a guy. There's a guy at Makokata Speedway that's about 45 minutes away from my house, and." He runs a hobby stock, Roger Winkler's, and they, him and his wife are there every week running their late model, or running their, excuse me, hobby stock, and they might not be running the front, but they always are having a good time. And That's what, that's what it's all about, having mm-hmm. a good time. Yep. You know? And so I think that's what you show that, you you know, you bring that out. Like, when I saw your story, that's what I thought of. I thought of that, and I thought, man, you know what, this summer I want to make sure to get in the pits and hang out with Roger sometime. You know, I've... Usually hanging out with my buddy that's part pit next to him as we're thrashing on whatever we just broke. Um, yep. But, you know, Nick, so I, I'm just excited to be able to, you know, tell a little bit of that story and um, keep me up to date as, you know, as where you're going this year. If you if you do some big travel and let me know because, you know, depending on where I'm at, you know, we, we might be close enough. I'd love, I'd love to come see you wheel that number 74X around the track. I know. Uh, this man, like I say, has blown me away. There's been people calling from California all over the United States, calling, you know, wanting to help me, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we will yeah. um, put a link, because I think you have, like, a merch store up now. Um, from It's all on Extreme Racing. If you guys make sure if you're seeing something with Nick's stuff on it, go to Extreme Make sure it's from Extreme Racing, because that's pretty much the only ones that are actually tied in. Um, I'll put a link in the description of this podcast if you're inter- interested in any of the merch or any of the stuff to help support Nick and help support the team of Extreme Racing out um, check that out because I know that's um, that's gonna be huge. So that you know that way you can have a full season and have a you know be able to have a fun time at the racetrack. Yep, that's all. Like I said, that's all it's about to me is mm-hmm. go have fun, make some good friends. Uh, one thing I'll say, I've never been around a group of people that will help you any way they can mm-hmm. get your car back running, just so they can go out there and just run as damn hard as they can to beat you. Yep. Oh yeah. Buddies, it's always uh, it's always friends in the pits, and then you get on the track and you get the helmet on, and you no longer are friends. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Well, Nick, I don't want to take. I know you probably got. I know, I've seen about a bunch of interviews and a bunch of stuff, and uh, probably get that car ready for this weekend. Um, Nick, I want to thank you for coming on again. Uh, check the description; there'll be links to the Extreme Racing Facebook page. Check that out. Also, I'll put some stuff up for the merch. If you guys want to get any of the awesome gear there, make sure to do that through them because that'll help nick and the team out um nick i want to thank you again for coming on 
and uh, just kind of giving a little bit of time and telling the story because I think I've just been sitting here excited about race season. I mean, we're we're a couple weeks away in in our neck of the woods, and I'm just I'm excited to get out to the track and I hopefully, like I said, hopefully when you get to, as you get traveling this summer, hopefully we get I get a chance to see it see you out at the track. But uh, Nick, uh, thanks for coming on and for we'll hang on for hang on the phone. We'll talk a little bit, but for that uh, for Bibster Talks too, we'll see you. I promise you guys, it will not be a year until the next podcast comes out because I already have interviews lined up. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Hey, um, so this is weird because we now I just closed the podcast out, and you probably were not expecting there to be more. But I am the worst person to deal with track racing because I totally forgot sponsors. So Nick, um, we were talking off air, and you were like, "Hey, these guys to help you out. Give me a list of those who um you want to thank for helping sponsor." And I'm gonna as many of these companies that I can put links in the description. I'm gonna put links in the description. So if you are interested in anything these companies have, these are the ones to support because they're helping Nick out. And um, so Nick. Give me your list. Of, um, talk, talk about your sponsors a little bit. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, the first person I would really like to thank is Christopher Kelly. He was the one that YouTubed the video. And uh, he's with Floco Racing Flower Tower at Bristol. Okay. Like I said, he's the one who started it all. But the sponsors that have reached out to me, Cody Roberts with Bullet Chassis, Trent Thomason with Pro Brake Systems is putting brakes on the car that Bullet Chassis has agreed to build me. Nice. Mike, Matt Gatton with Gatton Towing called and said, what, pretty much, what do y'all need? What we can, what can we help you with? Earl Ramey Racing Engines have donated us a crate engine. Trevor with Dynamic, Dynamic Designs. Trick Race Cars. Kevin Bazzas off. I probably mis- mispronounced his last name. Uh, Lizard Light Lizard Light Lighting has sent us some lights for a trailer. Kobe Metalworks City Raceway and we would really like to thank Race Ranch for the great design and getting it done real quick. Mm-hmm. There's a few people that are around here over the years that's helped me out some. I'd like to thank Phillips Engines in Corinth, Mississippi for the motor that got me to Bristol mm-hmm. two weekends ago. Uh, Kenny Waters, he's a friend of mine, uh, builds my transmissions, carburetors when I need them. Onion Johnson's got a little <coughs> Johnson service down here. He uh, gives me gas alone, and he's his let me borrow carburetors. I'd also like to thank John Warnicky because, like I said, he started all this by saying something about his son was going to go. We've been friends forever, so mm-hmm. we went together. Uh, I've talked about Ed Stearns before as far as, you know, best friend that's not with us. Him and Kenny Wheeler, I'd like to, you know, throw their name in there for all the help they've done, too. That's, that's, that's it. Thank, like I said, I... Uh, thank you so much, Nick, for coming on. And like I said, I apologize, everyone, that I completely, all the sponsors, I completely forgot. I was like, I mean, was, is in my head to even talk about it? And then we got talking about other stuff, and I got excited about racetracks. And when Bibster gets excited about racetracks, usually most other things will just go right out of the brain, and I will forget to talk about them. But, yeah, so those will be in the description, um, as well as Extreme Racing. Again, there's merch. Um, there's links on there. If you go on their Facebook, Extreme Racing, there's links to all that stuff. Like I said, just make sure you're going through them because that way – it's, it helps out the team, and um, we'll help out Nick. But Nick, um, 
again, I'll, I'll wrap things up again. I know we already did this, but hang on the line. We'll talk. But uh, thanks for coming on. Um, thanks for telling your story. I'm hoping that uh, let's try and do this in a couple months and let's talk about let's talk about how your season's going and you know how things are and what it's like being at a racetrack now and um, just kind of catch up a little bit because I'd love to keep telling your story and um, keep hearing and being able to hear more of it. So uh, for Bibster Talks 2, um, hope you guys had a great listen. And this time it's for real. Bye.